0: You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message, and welcome to the tribe. Now here's Doug Robbins. Man, it's great to be with you guys today. In preparation for this teaching, last week I went down a research rabbit hole It was about feral children. You know, maybe you've heard the stories of kids who were raised by wolves, monkeys, or dogs. And the story that started my research was the story of a boy named Ramu. He was found in India, and he had these callous knees and hands, and he spent most of his young life on all fours. He had scars on the back of his neck, suggesting that he had been dragged around by animals with sharp teeth. But when a hospital employee took young Ramu to the zoo, Ramu got extremely excited when he saw the wolf pen. And Ramu started calling to the wolves, and he seemed to be able to communicate with them. So the theory was that Ramu was raised by wolves. Now, I read several of these stories, and some of them uh, were proven to be fabricated. But one of the things that's constant in all these stories that I read is that even if they weren't raised by wolves or monkeys or dogs or whatever, the lack of human interaction severely stunted the development of these children. Most of them were never able to learn to speak a human language. So what we see from these stories is that social isolation is not good. And that's clear in the first book of the Bible. I wanna take you to Genesis chapter 2, look at verse 18 with me. It says, Then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Now, remember, this verse was written about time before sin entered the equation. This was before Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. So even in paradise, before sin entered the equation, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. And you know, the truth is, is that people will usually find a tribe of some sort. And I think we see that in the Netflix sensation Cobra Kai. And by the way, I'm fully aware that it originally came out on YouTube, so stop typing. But Cobra Kai is actually the spinoff of the 80s hit Karate Kid. And in the new streaming version of the story, we see the bad guy, Johnny Lawrence, and the good guy, Daniel LaRusso. They're now in their 50s, and there's nothing wrong with being in your 50s, by the way. And the old rivalry is back. Both men create tribes. In this case, they're called dojos. And in the Cobra Kai dojo, these misfit kids who need purpose and belonging find it through karate. However some of the things that the kids are being taught in the dojo are not good. Things like show no mercy. Now, I'm gonna have more to say on Cobra Kai here in just a minute, but I think we all know that people today are joining tribes of every sort and everything they're learning is not so good, is it? All you have to do is look at your feed, and you'll see tribes that are violent, prejudiced, slanderous, and hateful. Well, in his book titled Tribes, author and speaker Seth Godin says that a tribe is any group of people, large or small, who are connected to one another, a leader, an idea. For millions of years, humans have joined tribes, be they religious, ethnic, political, or even musical. Think deadheads like the Grateful Dead. It's our nature. So it's in people's nature to join some type of tribe. Uh, Some of you are Lady Gaga fans and her Fans are called monsters or little monsters. And then there's Beyonce who has her beehive. It's in our nature to form tribes. Some of these tribes are really good. Some of these tribes are not so good. So do you think that we as a church could offer better tribes, better relationships, a place that people need to belong and to be made whole emotionally? And this is one of the reasons that we're in our current series called Check Your Gauges. And last week, we showed you five emotional gauges. Let's review for just a minute. So take a picture of the five gauges on screen so you'll remember them. Here's gauge number one, relationships. Your emotional health needs good relationships. How have you been encouraged by a Christ-following friend or have you encouraged a friend this week? Gauge number two, worship. How was your heart encouraged by worshiping God this week? Gauge number three, your body, your physical body. Uh, How have you intentionally rested, exercised, and nourished your body this week? And then there's gauge number four, your finances. Did you manage your money this week in such a way that gives you peace? If yes, how'd you do it? If not, how'd you go wrong? And then there's gauge number five, nature's medicine. So describe how you have spent time this week in nature or with your pets. And I know that one sounds a little frivolous to some of you, but here in a few weeks, we'll talk about how important nature's medicine is to your emotional well-being. And each week, I'll be challenging you to check in with someone else by asking them the five questions. So pick two or more other people to be a part of your emotional health support team. Get together on Zoom or a phone call or meet in person or however you're comfortable to meet, And if you haven't already done so, go ahead right now and text message or message in whatever way. Call someone, call at least two other people to form your emotional health support team. And look, this is really important. Uh, your willingness to reach out to someone else and ask these questions may literally save your life or the life of someone that you love. This is really life or death for a lot of folks. And uh, you don't know the thoughts that are swirling around in other people's heads, people that you love. And some of you last week just blew this off, and I'm reminding you about this week, and I really hope that you'll engage in this way to help yourself and other people. Now, today, we're gonna talk about gauge number one, which is our relationship. And in preparation for this particular service, I read a boatload of studies about social isolation and the importance of relationships. So, Uh, As you would expect in the research, there were a lot of studies on the negative emotional effects of quarantine uh, during this COVID-19 pandemic. But the most thorough and longstanding study that I have ever read on this has been going for over 75 years, and it's called the Harvard's Grant and Gluck study, and it's been tracking the physical and emotional well-being of two different populations of people. Uh, It's been tracking 456 poor men and 268 Harvard graduates. And it's been going on since before World War II. They've diligently analyzed blood samples, conducted brain scans and poured over surveys, as well as actual interactions with these men to compile the findings. And the conclusion is this, is that one thing, surpasses all the rest in terms of importance. It says the clearest message that we get from this 75-year study is this. Good relationships keep us happier and healthier, period. Not how much is in your 401k, not how many blog posts you wrote or how many followers you had or how many companies you started or worked for or how much power you wielded. Specifically, the study demonstrates that having tribal friends to rely on it does several things it helps your nervous system relax it helps your brain stay healthier for longer reduces both emotional as well as physical pain the data is also very clear that those who feel lonely are more likely to see their physical health decline earlier and die younger and the study goes on to teach us that it's not just the number of friends that you have and it's not whether or not you're in a committed relationship either. It's the quality of your close relationships that matter the most. So in light of this truth and what we'll unpack from the scriptures today, I'd like to suggest this one transforming idea as it relates to your relationships. I must develop, decide, and deploy So if you're comfortable to do so, go ahead and post that in the comments below. Speak it out loud as a declaration about the quality of your relationships. I must develop, decide, and deploy. So let's take a look at Acts chapter 2. We'll start verse 42, a classic text about the early Christians' relationships and their tribe. It says, They spent their time learning from the apostles, and they were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. Everyone was amazed by the many miracles and wonders that the apostles worked. All the Lord's followers often met together, and they shared everything they had, and they would sell their property and possessions and give the money to whoever needed it day after day. They met together in the temple. They broke bread together in different homes and shared together in different homes and shared their food happily and freely while praising God. Everyone liked them, and each day the Lord added to their group others who were being saved. So this passage encourages us to develop, decide, and deploy, and we'll see that as the teaching unfolds. Now, first, let's look at how to develop your tribe by being family. Remember the text said they were like family to each other. And in an age of the corporatization of churches, we need to remember that at City Tribe, we're a family, not a franchise. And I really like that therapist and author, Larry Crabb, and he wrote a really great book. It's called Connecting, and I recommend that everyone read it. And in the book, it says this, that in order to thrive, we all must create healing. What? families in which we get a taste of, look at this, Christ delighting in us. So Larry Crabb, this world-renowned therapist, says that we all need like some type of a family in which we focus in on how Christ is delighting in us. Now, Larry Crabb gets this concept of Christ delighting in us from an Old Testament passage, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Let me read it to you. It says, "'For the Lord your God is living among you. "'He is a mighty Savior. "'He will,' look at these next words, "'take delight in you with gladness. "'With His love, He will calm all your fears. "'He will rejoice over you with joyful songs.'" So the Hebrew word there for rejoice over you literally means to spin around under violent emotion. It basically means to dance. That's why one translation of this verse reads like this. He will dance with shouts of joy for you. Did you know that God right now is so excited about you that he's dancing over you. So here's what I'd like you to do is that uh, post in the comments and tag one of your friends who's always been there for you. Just post God's cutting a rug over you because God's dancing over you. So, spiritual family, they also tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear, right? Oh, there are plenty of frenemies out there who say nice things to your face, but we learn from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6, how to view our frenemies. Uh, Look at the text. It says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy, right? Now, I learned a brilliant principle from. One of my friends, one of our city tribe advisory board members, Lorenzo Gomez, he wrote this really great book. It's entitled Cilantro Diaries. And in the book, he says that in order to be successful, every person should create their own, what he calls a personal board of directors. And that's a certain type of tribe that everyone needs to succeed. And he goes on to say in his book, the things that he expects of this personal board of directors. So here's what he expects. He says, I want you to push back on me when I'm wrong. I want you to fight with me when it matters. I want you to tell me when I'm lying to myself. I want you to tell me when I'm full of bullshit. We all need people in our lives that will speak hard truths to us. Well, spiritual family will tell you hard truths when you need it, but they also know when you need a hug, right? I mean, physical touch is the love language of a lot of people. It's healing for people. Can you imagine what happens to a person who is never appropriately touched? You know, a few years ago, I saw this story on the KSAT-12 website about how people pay to cuddle in San Antonio, Texas. So here's what the article explained, is that people will actually pay $80 to get an hour non-sexual cuddling session with what's called a professional cuddlist, okay? So I looked it up recently to see if that's still a thing. And I found that now during the pandemic, you can get what's called a virtual cuddle session. Now, I don't really know how a a virtual cuddle session works, but I'll tell you this, unfortunately, I think it's kind of sad that people have to pay for a hug. You know, uh, if I, I, I miss you guys. I love you guys. I want to see you in person. And I'm not going to charge you 80 bucks right now, but I'm going to give you a virtual hug right now because I think some of you need it. And so if you want to post in the comments your pictures hugging me back, I would love to see that. And I can't wait to be able to see you guys in person and give you a hug. Um, but you know what? You also develop your tribe by being generous. Remember from the Acts passage it says, give the money to whoever needed it. They would give their money to whoever needed it. Now sometimes these people in Acts, they would even sell their possessions to help others in the tribe who were in need. And I appreciate this truth because I've been the recipient of this kind of help before. A few years ago when my family was dealing with a crisis, uh, my wife Jeannie's dad was dying of cancer and he'd been given a year to live. And a tribal friend from our church gave us airline tickets that we could not afford at the time to fly Jeannie up to be with her mom and dad at an important doctor's appointment, um, to spend precious time with her father in his last days. What do you think that's worth to us? So you also develop your tribe by being amazed together. The Acts passage said that the tribe was amazed by the many miracles. You need people to celebrate the miraculous hand of God and all the wondrous things that God is doing all around us. A couple of years ago, a tribal friend of mine had a dream, and we believe it was a God dream, like a real spiritual dream, not just like eating some bad burritos or something. But in his dream, he saw me preaching to an empty cameo theater in front of, a camera, and then he was prompted by God's spirit from the dream to give a specific amount of money to me to give to the church. And I tried to interpret my friend's dream at that time, but I was way off. I had no idea what his dream meant. Um, But when I reminded my friend of his dream from two years ago, we both sat in amazement of God's miraculous goodness to prepare us for how we would experience worship right now during COVID-19. I was even more amazed that the money that he gave was almost exactly the amount of money to pay for the two cameras that we're filming this service on today to stream this service. So God was so good in the miraculous way that he showed us and provided for us to be able to worship Online in this stream today. And so from the Acts passage, you also see that you develop your tribe by breaking bread together. Remember the text said they broke bread together. So I want you to post in the comments the words tribes eat because tribes intentionally share meals together to foster intimacy with each other. You know, the best tribes are the ones with the best food. And last week, Pastor Lee referred to a book entitled A Meal with Jesus. And we really love that book around here. And it gives a theology of meals throughout the gospel, the New Testament, the Bible. And the most successful tribes that we've seen here around the church are those that have a leader with a hospitality gift, not necessarily one with a good teaching gift. Well, the Acts church, they even opened up their hospitality meals to people who felt far from God and they were doing that to follow the example of Jesus and we see that example in Matthew chapter 11 look at verse 19 with me it says the son of man came eating and drinking and they say here's a glutton and a drunkard a what a friend of tax collectors and sinners so i want to take you back to cobra kai for just a minute one of the things that's so compelling about the story of the show is the redemption of character Johnny Lawrence. He seems to be trying to change, and a lot of viewers really relate to Johnny because he's screwed up. He's rough around the edges, and we can all relate to a character like that. And a part of Johnny's journey is that he used to say, no mercy. But now he's kind of realizing mercy is not such a bad thing. We all need it. In fact, People are connecting with Johnny's character so much that the memes are popping up everywhere, like this one that we'll put on screen. And by the way, if you're listening to the podcast and not seeing the meme we're looking at, it's the one where uh, the girlfriend's stunned, catching her boyfriend, looking at another girl. And the boyfriend represents Karate Kid fans. The jealous girlfriend is Daniel, and the other hot girl is Johnny. Another part of the story that's compelling is that The guy who's supposed to be the good guy, Ralph Macchio's character, Daniel LaRusso, is realizing that he needs mercy too. Even though he has a great career, money, great wife, we're seeing his pettiness and the darkness in Daniel's heart. In fact, fans of the show are actually questioning if Daniel is really the protagonist or the antagonist, the good guy or the bad guy. what we're seeing is what we see in the gospel that a lot of us are like Johnny's. We've screwed up big time, and it's easy for us to recognize that we need mercy, uh, much like the prodigal son in the Gospels. Others are like Daniel's people who seem to have it all together. They're like the prodigal son's older brother who's self-righteous and needs to come to the realization that he needs mercy too. Well, Johnny and Daniel are at dinner in this next picture, and I think... We all need mercy, and we all need someone to share a meal with us and invite us into the dojo, the tribe. And this is why the author of the New Testament book of Hebrews says this. Look at Hebrews 13, 2. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Have you ever entertained an angel without knowing it? You know, that passage reminds me of meeting a guy some years ago. I've told this story many times over the years. The guy's name was Shorty. And he was a type of what we would call a pharmaceutical salesman on the streets. He was over there on uh, Houston and Hackberry streets. Back in the day, we used to call it Crackberry. Um, And I was ministering at Strong Foundation Home for Homeless Families that night. And by the way, that's a ministry that you guys support here through City Tribe. And as Pastor Jim and I were talking to people on the street, Shorty and his yes man came up and confronted us. And Shorty would say stuff to us like, you know, you blankety blank suckers, what are you doing down here on the east side? Uh, and then his yes man would go, yeah. Yeah. And then Shorty would say, get your blankety blank blank off my corner. And his yes man would be all, yeah. Well, Pastor Jim's kind of a tall guy. He's like six foot seven or something. He towered over Shorty and he says, we will not back down. And I kind of felt like things were escalating and needed to be de-escalated. So I stepped up to Shorty and I boldly said, would you guys like to come over to the ministry and have dinner with us? And Shorty's tone changed. And he said, you know, I think I'd like that. And then his yes man said, yeah. (laughs) So we had a great barbecue dinner at the Strong Foundation together. And after that encounter, I found out that Shorty started escorting women from the bus stop over to the ministry so they wouldn't be scared. Because back in those days, that intersection was a scary place for a single woman getting off a bus. And I don't know if Shorty was an angel, like it talks about in Hebrews. <laughs> you know, if he was an angel, he said some words that I didn't know angels were allowed to use, but a meal, hospitality transformed Shorty into a friend. And before you develop tribal friendships, you really have to do something else. You have to decide on your tribe. Decide which tribe that you want to be a part of. You know. To not decide is a decision to do nothing. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I just want to be very clear with you. I'm asking you to do three things. Number one, identify the tribe you're already in. You know, some of you have organically gathered with other people from church, and that's good. Some of you have messaged the two or more other people to be a part of your emotional health support team. Well, you know what you call that? That's what, that's what you call a tribe. So if you've already messaged someone and created an emotional support team, uh, then that is your tribe. But number two, if you're not already in a group of some sort, I'm challenging you to get into a tribe. Go to the tribal menu that's being posted on this streaming service. Uh, There are a few of them that I'm aware of that I'll make mention of uh, here in the teaching today. Uh, There are City Youth Tribes for teenagers. There's, of course, Alpha Course that I'm facilitating. There's room for you there in Alpha Course. You'll learn everything from proofs to the Christian faith uh, or for the Christian faith to, you know, miracles, to how to pray, uh, to how to share your faith. Um, There's also going to be a prayer group led by Linda Prendes and the members of our prayer team. And they will teach you about the prophetic. They'll also pray over you and for you. Uh, there's a class called the Kingdom Today Discipleship Class. That's going to be with Aaron Dockery. That's always a popular class. And all of the ones that I just mentioned are going to be on Zoom so you can participate from your home uh, and be safely social distanced. And uh, there's also a group called The bridge, and that's with Mike and Jackie, a couple of friends, and that's designed to help brothers and sisters who are living out on the streets. So if you're comfortable to go and help uh, minister to people on the streets, of course, keeping safe social distance in that, um, then by all means, be a part of the bridge. But here's the third thing I'm asking you to do. And this is the one that weighed the heaviest on me as I was preparing this teaching. I wanna ask some of you to be a tribal catalyst. That is, be intentional about starting a tribe where people can find great friendships. A tribal catalyst is one who initiates the formation of a tribe to initiate spiritual growth in your own life and in the lives of other people. Now, in the past, I've seen all kinds of tribal catalysts and all kinds of ideas that they've had. So uh, they've, they've started what we would call a lot of hobby tribes. So some people... They like cycling. Well, they start a cycling tribe. They get together, they cycle together, and then they pray together. Others are bikers, like motorcycles, right? They've started biker tribes. Others are into CrossFit, and their tribe eats paleo, right? Um, I've met others who have started walking groups where they walk together and then they pray together. Uh, Recently, my wife, daughter, and I, we went to what I would call a pop-up tribe. That's one that's not ongoing, but it pops up for one night. That's a tribe that's kind of a spur of the moment where people get together in a home for worship. We had this dear friend, Ellie, who invited us over with masks. You know, we walked in with masks and uh, everybody kept their distance as they were comfortable. And we ate together. We took communion together. And it was a beautiful, wonderful, meaningful experience. But look, As your pastor who loves you, I've got to say something uncomfortable to some of you who have been Christ followers for a long time. Now, remember that proverb about um, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Well, this is one of those times where I have to tell you something that I don't think some of you want to hear. And I'm speaking particularly to those of you who have been Christ followers for a long time. Some of you have so much to offer the many new believers and spiritual investigators in our church, but you're not offering it to them. And I'm here to tell you today that that is selfish. You have such treasure in your hearts. You have such knowledge and you've walked with the Lord and learned so many lessons, but you're keeping it to yourself. And dear friend, Just pray about and consider what I'm saying to you. I'm not trying to be offensive to you. But ask yourself the question, am I being selfish with the knowledge and lessons that I've learned by not sharing it with other people? So I'd like you to give yourself the opportunity to dream again. Dream about the question, what if I could do something that would make a huge impact on other people? What if you became a tribal catalyst and started a tribe and used the gifts that God has given you? Because we're not here to just sit around and do nothing, are we? We're not just gonna sit around while the world goes to hell in a handbasket, are we? So if you'd like to step up, I'd like you to do something. Contact Pastor Lee. We'll put on screen the phone number in his email. The phone number is 210-920-0405, or you can email him at Uh, Lee.Wong at citytribe.church. Now, those of you who like to entertain and you have a hospitality gift, perhaps you've never thought of yourself as like a spiritual leader of any sort. Well, I want you especially to contact Pastor Lee uh, because your groups have the potential to make a huge impact in the lives of other people. And all of what I've said so far is the reason why we must deploy as a tribe each day, the Lord added to their group others who were being saved. That's what it said in the Acts passage that we looked at today. Um, so Jesus' initial tribe was made up of 11 dudes. And I said 11, not 12, because you know Judas hanged himself. But it was made up of 11 dudes, some women, And there's a commentator, David Stern, who explains how the number of disciples grew from 11 to 120 to over 3,000 and eventually over 10,000 in the city of Jerusalem alone. And then it spread out to the Roman Empire. But how did this happen? Well, the reason it happened is because they deployed with love and service. And, And here's why this matters to me right now is that I happen to know that there are people streaming this service right now who are watching here hearing my voice watching this service right now who feel all alone in the virtual crowd. And some who are watching this are about to become an emotional health statistic. And that is unacceptable to me. And I, I sincerely hope that, people, that, that it's unacceptable to you that people who are watching this stream might become an emotional health statistic because we weren't willing to create spaces for them to, to join up in a tribe and grow spiritually and have good relationships, right? So a few years ago, um, I watched this documentary and I love those documentaries about animals, right? I just love animals. And I watched the documentary called March of the Penguins. And it was a film that was kind of revealing how the emperor penguins are dependent on each other to survive the harsh cold in their Arctic environment. And one of the sad scenes from that documentary was when a penguin died in the harsh cold. And as you look at that picture, isn't that a lot like our cold, cruel world right now? There are people I know, who are mourning the loss of someone they love, who died from the emotionally harsh cold of our world. And so I want you to tell me, do the people in your neighborhood, in your own family, at your school or job struggle with loneliness, depression, fear, substance abuse, and most importantly, are they struggling with their eternal destiny and their relationship to Almighty God? Well, what do we do about it? Well, the answer is in the next part of the documentary and in the scriptures that we've studied. But here's what the penguins would do. They created a huge huddle where they circled from the inside warmth, uh, you know, of the inside of the huddle. And then they would circle out to the cold outside in order to protect other penguins from that Arctic wind. There, and look, their are penguins Dying in the cold right now. There are kids who need a dojo right now and I want to reach all of them myself, but I'm just one guy. And so I'm asking you and I'm like begging you to deploy. Rise up. If you've been wasting your gifts and hoarding them, God is prompting some of you with an idea, a tribal dream that will make a huge eternal impact in your relational circles. And so let's pray together. And as we do, I'm going to pray that God gives you a dream, a vision in your heart of how you're to deploy. So, Father, as we bow before you, we thank you that you're a good God. And you care about the people who are suffering in the emotional cold of this world right now. And we're praying for those divine appointments in which we can share the truth and the good news about Jesus with them. And we're praying that we would create many different tribes, groups, classes of every sort where people can come in and experience the warmth of Christ-centered, loving relationships. Places where people don't have to pay money to get a hug places where people encourage to watch the amazement of the miracles of God among them, places where they will create the deepest friendships of their lives that will affect their emotional health, their physical health health, and their success in life. And Father, we also pray for those who right now want to begin love relationship with you and experience a new path. And if you're one who would like to begin love relationship with Jesus Christ right now, just simply say something like this in your own heart between you and God. God, I choose right now the best I comprehend it to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. God, I welcome you into my life right now. And God, I want to be a part of your tribe. And God, I want to join a smaller tribe so that I can grow closer to you So God, would you please raise up a Christ follower who will mentor me and help me. Please put it in someone's heart. Create the right environment for me to grow closer to you, God. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Well, as we wrap up today, I'd like you to tag someone who's always been a friend for you. And I'd like you to post in the comments and tag them and say, you're my penguin. (laughs) You're my penguin. And before we log off, uh, I want to remind you, uh, as we always do, to make sure that you bring that first priority or first fruit, tithe or 10th and above, to the local storehouse, the church. Um, now, obviously, if you're not a Christ follower, don't buy into all God, all this God stuff or the Bible or anything. This service is our gift to you. We're not asking anything of you. But those of us that follow Jesus, we follow with our resources as well. We put our money where our mouth is, and here's how to get that done. Uh, don't mail any checks to the Cameo Theater, but you mail them to our PO Box 830745, San Antonio, Texas 78283, or you can text message. You text the word. Tribe space and the dollar amount to uh, the number on screen, 74483, or you can donate online at citytribechurch Um And I want to say a big thank you, because many of you uh, have done what we've challenged you to do, and that is to be blessed during a beatdown, uh, you, you have to be generous, right? And many of you have done that by giving to the Benevolence Fund and to date, Together, we've given over $32,000 to help people pay their bills, to have food during this current crisis. And so I want to say a big thank you. I also want to say, if you need help, this church isn't about taking your money. This church is about helping you if you need help. So make sure and go to our website, citytrib.church/benevolence, If you need benevolence help right now, if you need food or you need help with some bills, we love you and we want to help care for you. Now, as always, it helps others if you'll share, subscribe, and like this video. And look, guys, I love you guys so much and I want to be with you so much. Can I just give you one more virtual hug? I'll give it to you whether or not you, you tithe, today. You don't have to pay 80 bucks. You don't have to do anything for this, but I love you guys. So can I just give you one more virtual hug? Come on, bring it right in here. And also, you guys go ahead and post those pictures of yourself hugging me back. I long for the day? We're in meetings already about considering how we can meet publicly someday in the future when the time is right, when it's appropriate. And so as we wrap up today for our benediction, each week during this series, I'd like us to reflect upon a prayer that was originally created by Reinhold Niebuhr. It's called The Serenity Prayer. So let's look at it together on screen as we wrap up. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as He did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. You guys have an amazing Sunday and we'll see you next time. We're glad you were part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.